Praise the Lord. Amen. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, to us. We're so thankful for your presence that we feel here today. Father, we just thank you so much for loving us enough that you let us feel you. And this is what the Lord kept bringing to me in worship. And I don't know about anybody else, but the Lord just sometimes deals with me very sharply. And this is what he brought to me was there are a lot of times we, we want God to talk to us, but it's really hard for him to talk to us when we've already got it perceived in our heart what we want him to say. And I'm all about things being done decently and in order, right? We're not looking for a circus or anything like that. But what if God just wanted to do something out of the, our normal? What if, because I know we already come here today and we've already like, we know we're going to sing four songs, we're going to minister, and then we're going to go home. So we already kind of got it preset <laughs> what's going to happen. And certainly, like I said, sometimes that's just the way that it is. But what if God just wanted to do something out of the normal? And I'm not talking about just emotions. I'm not talking about just anything like that. I'm just saying, what about in you? Because, see, sometimes we already got the preset already in us that this is what God does on Sunday. And I guess what kind of triggered this thought was I was praying this morning around, I won't say which churches, um, I went to their properties. I wasn't trespassing. It's in town, city sidewalk, all that stuff. And I began to walk around them and I just felt impressed to just say, Father, let them experience the Holy Spirit. Instead of fighting with doctrine and all this stuff, just, Father, let them experience the Holy Spirit. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Well, <laughs> this is the thought that came to me was, which one? The one you think they need or the one that I think they need? You see, we already kind of got it preset. This is Holy Spirit. But God wants to pour that out on them, but he wants to give it to them the way he wants to give it to them in the same way in your life because, you know, on the day of Pentecost, he didn't tell them, go to Jerusalem and wait there, and when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to speak in unknown tongues. Clothes of tire, clo cloven tongues of fire are going to rest on your He didn't tell them anything. They didn't have any idea how it was going to work, how it was going to operate. They did not know. But this is what I'm getting to here, is they trusted Jesus. And that's kind of the what I believe that the way he wants us to do is when we get into his presence, is to not try to preconceive what that is. And to drop our guard... Used to, I used to be so afraid of dropping my guard because I thought, well, what if something comes in me that doesn't need to be there? Well, here's the thing. When you're in the presence of God and we're in worship, I just don't see the devil able to hang around that. Right? 
it, it, it goes along with the same way people would say, well, I don't want God to bless me financially because I don't want some evil spirit getting on the inside of me or some wrong thinking. And I thought, if the devil knew that, he'd have filled your bank account up yesterday. If that was going to get you to turn your back on God. But that's not the way it works. When we're in his presence, the devil can't hang around that. It's okay to get in his presence and say, Father, I'm going to drop my guard. I'm going to drop my thinking of what I think you are or what you are to say or what you are to do. And I'm just going to let you fill me with what you want to fill me with. It goes back to the, what I was praying for those churches. I thought I was praying for those, those other churches and I thought I knew what they needed. Man, the Lord hit me with that. Why don't I give them what I think they need? And let's just pray for them to receive the reality of that. In the same way in our lives, let's don't have a preconceived idea, a preset of what God wants to do or how God moves or all this kind of stuff and just get in his presence. Let him speak to the words that he wants to speak to us, right? Not what we want to hear all the time or what we think we are to hear, but to say the words that we need to hear that will produce the life-changing experience. So, Father, from this time forward, from this part of the service forward, we're not going to have any preset ideas of what should happen or what's going to happen. But God, whatever wants to take place, not just in emotions, not just in what we are thinking, but God, what you want to say through your word and God, what you want to say through your people. And God, whatever that word is, Father, we want to do our best to say, Father, I'll do I want you to say that after me. Father, I will do whatever you say. I will not be a hearer only, but I will be a doer. I will be a doer. I will be a doer of the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Well, last week was camp week, right? How many are here that went to camp? Whether that was leading, whether that was a camper, a helper. All right. Praise God. It impacted you enough you came to church today. (laughs) Well, I've asked Dylan to, and I don't want to say give a rundown of what happened at camp. I want him to minister. I've got some things here, but you know, what if Dylan got up here and began to speak and the Holy Spirit moved that way? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? But anyways, he, I just asked him to share about camp, uh, what went on, what happened, all the things, and maybe, here you go, Dylan, maybe some of our kids might have something to say, what happened to them. So Dylan, it's all yours. Good morning. All right, so real quick, I'm going to put some of my youth on the spot. I did not prepare them. If they, if they cho- choose to come up here, I did not prepare them. But I want to offer this to any of my campers. Would you like to come up here and share what happened? If you want to, just come on up right now. Hop up. Come on. Yeah, praise God. But I didn't prepare them for this. I didn't give them a heads up. But I can only tell you so much. I want to tell you what happened in the hearts of... I want them to tell you what happened in their hearts. So tell them your name. Come on up here. Tell them your name. And here we go. Hello. I'm Ava Brock. Um, 
I don't like not being in the center. Okay. So um, just some things that I learned this past week. Um, our um, theme was steadfast. And this actually I shared it in a share session. And I use the analogy of Cars, the movie. So I hope you've all seen it. It's a great movie. It's my favorite. Um, and when he was, Lightning McQueen, was fixing the road, because uh, he got in trouble, just in case you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> he had to... Uh, whatever it's called, pave the road, and he did it really, really fast, and it was really bad and bumpy, so he had to do it again, and he had to take his time, and had to go really slow, and it took him all day and all night. He never stopped, and that's kind of like what our walk with God is, is you can't just blow by him and go really fast, because then it's going to be a bumpy road, and like you don't listen to him when you just blow right by. You have to be with him all day and all night by his side, and slow down and talk to him, and listen to him, to hear what he has to say. Good job. I am M. Lunsford. So something that really stood out to me that the Lord gave me, I was just kind of sitting in the dining room, like just finished sweeping, was talking to the Lord a bit. But he said, sometimes you have to let go of people to love the Lord. Though it may hurt, the Lord will fill you like no one else ever has. He loves us so much that we love each other. The Lord is good. When the Lord takes away vines of sin, he sprouts flowers of glory. Amen. Come on. I know there's some more out there. Anybody else? Anybody else wants to come on up here? Okay. All right. Um, hi, I'm Dylan. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, if you didn't know already. <laughs> it's hard uh, to put into words what the Lord did at camp. Um, uh, we've, my wife, you want to come up here, babe? Are you good right there? What's whatever you want to do. This is my wife, Rachel. Um, we've been, we grew up in this church. We started, camp started back in 2009 under, uh, from the youth pastors that were before us, Bob and Charlotte Brock. And they, um, they've seeded into this art, us. Um, what camp is. Um, we wanted to create a place that wasn't about what you were wearing to service that night. It wasn't about the numbers you were getting from the opposite sex or, or who, just, it wasn't about any of the carnal things that a lot of large, no, I'm not saying every large, but the, specifically the one that we went to, a large corporate camp became about. And that was 14 years ago. 14 years ago, um, we were both campers. I was in uh, ninth grade. She was in 10th grade. And uh, this is our 14th year, and it got handed to, us, handed to us three years ago. So we've seen a lot of camps. And this one really stood out in our hearts because the students came hungry to receive from night one. I mean, off the bat, there was zero breaking the ice. And that came, I've heard that from multiple people not just from what I've observed. They, they were hungry for the Father, hungry for the Word, hungry to receive. And we grew and bonded as a group of people like we've never before. Um, I've, had, I've had a, f- a couple students tell me, um, one, he, he goes, he actually he goes to the Baptist church here in town, I'm not going to say which one, but he was in worship, raising his hands, and the Lord, Holy Spirit just came all over him. And he, he couldn't, he's like, Dylan, I just started shaking. And 
I had such a sense of clarity, but for the first time in my life is what he told me. I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, he said, he told me that he loved me and that I can trust him with my future. And this young man is a, he likes to manage it and plan it down to the minute detail. And the Holy Spirit came and said, son, I've got you. I've got your future. You can trust me. And we, I watched him just let go of, of a lot of preconceived ideas. Another, another young man just overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. Um, so it's hard to put into words what, um, what camp was. But if I can say one thing to the students and to the adults is it's easy to come back and think that everything should be like camp. And but here's the here's the kicker. This isn't camp. This is every day. And we have to realize that this right here, what we're doing in this house, is not a flash in the pan. We're growing a garden. So there is a long-term cultivation that has to happen. It's the consistency of showing up every day, every week, getting in your word every day. It's the gentle consistency. So I want to speak and say, don't be discouraged by that, man, service wasn't like Thursday night camp. Well, of course not. <laughs> Thursday night camp is a different, it's just a totally different thing. And that's, that's, no, that's no knock on this because this is what it's supposed to be. So it's understanding that the Lord isn't looking for you to have a Thursday night camp experience every time you walk into the door. He's looking for you to show up and say, you're worthy of my consistency. You're, and I'm speaking to the adults in here room. You're worthy of my praise. This year's theme was steadfast. And that consistency, that, that gentle consistency, and that it's not faithfulness in us that produces the Father's faithfulness to us. It is His faithfulness to us that produces faithfulness in us. So maybe you've come here and you're thinking, well, if I can just show up to church enough, God will love me. Is this not good? If I can just pray enough and read my Bible enough, God will love me. Or if I can just worship and, and, be, and jump around enough, God will love me. He already loves you. He's already consistent towards you. He just wants your yes. And you need to let his love and his faithfulness to you produce your love and faithfulness to him. Come on, it's John 15. Abide in me and I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. But it's not us going and saying, Lord, if you love me. No, he says, come and, and connect with me. Be engrafted into the family. Come on. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> Thursday night, there was just a level of freedom at camp that was unmatched that I've ever seen. Um, the Holy Spirit just worked and he moved. Um, I, I have countless testimonies that I could share of people saying, I, I know where I'm called now in my life. I know where I'm going in my life. Uh, I, I, here's, what, here's our prayer. Here's mine and Rachel's prayer for, for y'all is that you would see a change in how your, how your student lives at home. I hope they came back and you're like, you're kind of weird now. <laughs> a little more obedient, a little more honorable, a little more respectful. And it's not because I, we beat them over the head and say, you need to obey your parents or you're going to hell because we did by no means so we do that. I hope that their proximity to the Lord produces the fruit of obedience to parents, 
produces the fruit of honoring authority. Mm. So, parents, I'll wrap up with this. Parents, thank you so much for trusting Rachel and I with your kids. Uh, kitchen staff, thank you all so much. Um, yes, we got to eat. Um, our uh, leadership team, you know exactly who you are because <laughs> you were here on Sunday night. You were up late on Sunday night. Uh, thank you all so much. And I, I can't, I can't, we have, I, we bring in young adults, uh, 20, 21 with us. And I think we had like 25. We had like a team of 25 who have a job, took vacation days, gave up their own income for the week and said yes to what the Lord wants to do in this, in the next generation. Give them a hand because they, they worked hard. And they slept good on Friday, hopefully. Um, but they, it's not just me and Rachel that care about your students and your, children and your teenagers. It's not just Susan and Rusty and John. They're not the only ones. We've got, there is a whole group of young people who say, we're not just going to live this life focused on us. We're going to live this life seeding and pouring into the next generation. So thank you, parents. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, church. If you gave... Uh, money just to give money to camp. Um, thank you so much. Uh, that is a blessing above and beyond. Um, we are so grateful for you. Um, that's all we got to say. Uh, y'all be blessed. And John, I'm handing it back to you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> she might have thought I needed them. Thank you, Dylan and Rachel and all the workers. Camp just doesn't happen by itself, right? And uh, I didn't have to say I could look on the workers' faces when I would go up there and tell that it was, you know, they weren't on vacation. Uh, it's, it's, it's work. It takes a lot of work. But it's worth it, right? It's worth it. Um, I know that uh, I was blessed this year to get to go up there more than I have in the last uh, year or two. And I went up on Tuesday and the service Tuesday night you know you think like I said going back to preconceived ideas like I already had my idea what camp was going to be was long can I just say this long worship and long preaching <laughs> is that okay but uh, and that's all that's all right that's all right we can sit through a three-hour movie why can't we sit through a three-hour work uh, three-hour set right that'll rake you across the coals real good but they went into worship, and I still don't remember the name of the song. Something about uh, dancing on the grave. Is that the name of it? Okay. Man, I'm going to tell you, I literally thought we were about to rapture. <laughs> that the bolts that were holding the ceiling on were just doing this, this number. And I was like, Jaden, I think it was Jaden, let out this primal scream. That was like, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. And I thought, man, something got a hold of her that caused her to react that way. But it was definitely not just a three or four song set and go into the preaching. It was powerful. And I just want to encourage you, and I may be stepping way out here. Because I don't even know if everybody's invited. Um, but to go up, if you can, to go up to one of the night services... 
and get to be there and experience that, I was just, wow. It was amazing to see kids that were, didn't care. I'm not talking about in a disrespectful manner or anything like that. Just they wanted to worship the Lord. And they didn't care what anybody else thought. I kept thinking about the song, um, You Think This Is Bad. Or was it David said, I'll, he told Michael, he said, I'll, I'll be even more vile the next time. Uh, so we can get a little, even a little bit more undignified than this, right? All right, are you all ready for a little bit of word today? Or a whole lot of word? Uh, as camp happened uh, this week, and, and my mind was going on, you know, Lord, what do, we, uh, what do we speak today? And like I said, I feel like sometimes the Lord deals with me very sharply um, because I was like, Lord, I need a word for, this was yesterday, was, Lord, I need a word for Sunday. And I was just kind of praying, Lord, I need a word for Sunday. I need a word for Sunday. And this thought came to me was, how about a word for Saturday? <laughs> you know, sometimes we are so far out in the future that we forget the footprints that we're standing in right now and that God wants to say to us now. And certainly, you know, when Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, he meant that. I mean, I know this is very important. It, could anybody that's never been on the platform before, I can guarantee you, if you were preaching here this morning, your week would have been wrecked probably. To stand up in front of all these people and bury your soul and to see people falling asleep, to see people on their phone, to see people going to the bathroom a hundred times. You know, it's just, it is what it is. But the thing is, I'm not talking about Anna. She was up here on the stage singing, so she's got, she's got a hall pass. <laughs> but anyways, I was just praying, Lord, I need a word for tomorrow. I need a word for tomorrow. And he was like, I'll give you one for today. And it really came in the form of an exchange at our house, and I'm not going to go into detail. It wasn't bad. It just, you know, you never had those um, conversations that are, they're not arguments. They're just you're sharing your opinion. <laughs> not, and not aggressively, just sharing. And um, anyways... You know, Ellie's fresh back from camp, and I was just so excited. You know, for me as a parent, I'm just excited that my kid wanted to go to camp. Because whenever I was growing up, I won't say which denomination that it was, but I hated camp. And I went one year, and it was one of those camps that they vote for who's the most popular. Um, they had this little ball, and who was the king, and who was the queen, and all that garbage. And I hated every minute of it. And lo and behold, out of that whole group in the state, guess who won runner-up best camper? Me. And uh, if you won best camper, you got, to go to, you got to go to camp for free the next year. And if you got runner-up best camper, you got to go for half price. And my mom's like, great. <laughs> and I said, No. Even at that young age, I said, if you make me go next year, I'll run away from home. And I meant every word of it. I would have left. I didn't enjoy it. So what I'm trying to get at is this. I'm just glad that my kids wanted to go to camp 
for me, I was like, hey, wait a minute. You know, the first year they're excited, but then the next year whenever, like I said, I think it was last week, the Wednesday before that, Ellie was like, I don't think camp is ever going to get here. And I was like, it will get here. You know, it'll, it'll get here. But she was so excited, and I thought, well, okay, this is the second time. What's going on that is producing that level of excitement that these kids can't wait to have, I don't want to say no air conditioning, but maybe inadequate, um, stinky, um, what, flies, uh, you know, all the stuff. That, I was like, what could possibly be so good about that? But when you get up there and you see just the level of God's presence in their life and how it changes them when they come back home. And the Lord really hit me with this because there was some, like I said, we were just, uh, there, there wasn't an argument. We were just saying some things about how we felt about a certain situation. And, when I, and it was so small that if I was, I'm not going to say what it was, but if I did, you'd be like, that's, that's not even an argument at all. But when I walked outside, when I was saying, Lord, I need a word for Sunday, and he said, how about a word for Saturday? The word for Saturday was this, is, and it's just what the Lord said to me, and I'm going to share it with you. You are to nurture that seed that was put on the inside of her. And, man, I, st- I was loading my truck up. I had some chores I was about to go do. I had some things ar- I was just going to, you know, get on down the road. You ever had one of those where it's like you're not arguing, but you need, you just, it's just best to go on and do your own thing? It's kind of one of those. And I stopped what I was doing. And the Lord hit me with that thought was, you don't want her to come back the same, so why are you going to act the same when she gets home? And I was like, oh, you know, it's, yeah, it's one of those. Like, come on, God, you know, I, I've got, I'm, this is adult life. But the Lord began to deal with me on that, and I stopped everything that I was doing. And I went inside, and I, I sat Ellie down, and I said, I know God put a seed on the inside of you this week. And what I just did, did not, was not going to help nurture that seed that was put on the inside of you. And I'm sorry. Did you know it's okay to apologize to your kids? It is. Do you know it's okay to apologize to your spouse? And I just, the Lord began to deal with me on that thought, and he gave me this, this thought, was, and this is the title, Nurture the Seed. And I put this in parentheses, protect the harvest. Because when you nurture the seed, in reality, you are protecting the future harvest of what's inside their life. And just kind of the gist was, you know, some pretty powerful things that the Lord was sharing with me was, um, it was over, and I hope I'm not sharing too much here. It was over tennis practice. Something tennis practice. And I was like, you know, we were doing tennis. Now we don't want to do tennis. We come back from camp. We don't want to do tennis anymore. We started talking about commitment. When you commit to something, you need to do it. But Rachel had asked Ellie to do something Monday. And Ellie just couldn't stand the thought of going to tennis practice and not being with Rachel. 
But I was like, you know, about the commitment. But the Lord kind of hit me with this was, what if I told her this week to consecrate herself to serve Rachel, and by serving Rachel, she's serving me? And I know that might be sharing a whole lot, but I just want to try and say sometimes God puts things inside of our kids that we as parents need to do our best to nurture what God is trying to do in them and not have our own preconceived ideas of what we think they need to do. And I know as parents we do, right? We, we, try, we don't try to put them in an environment that's going to harm them whatsoever. But when God speaks to their life, I'm thinking Ellie's 14 years old. But Mary, by, by a lot of historians, was 13. And so that's too heavy for a 14-year-old to talk about commitment, but it wasn't, Mary was 13, and, the, and, and God put a commitment on her to bear the Savior of the world. So these things that, the, that these kids come back with, I'm not saying everything has to be sensationalized. I'm not saying it has to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be all that, but we need to be very protective as parents at home about these seeds that are getting put inside of our children and we need to do our best to nurture that seed and protect that seed. And this is kind of the area that I want to, or I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to go, is what young adults receive from camp and I look at it as a seed sown and how do they protect that seed, how do they protect that seed and how do we as parents nurture that seed. And I know that sounds kind of pastoral, all that kind of stuff. And that's okay, right? Because Mark chapter 4, you can just write this down. We all know, gosh, if you've been here any length of time, you probably know Mark chapter 4 frontwards and backwards. But it clearly states that the enemy is coming after the word sown in our heart. But if that seed, this is the gist of the whole parable, if that seed gets in the right atmosphere and environment, it will produce a harvest. I'm going to say that again. That if the seed gets in the right atmosphere and environment, it will produce a harvest. And God really placed this on my heart yesterday. It was about me as a parent. That it's my, me and my wife both, and you and, and whether that's a parent or a guardian, whatever the case may be, that it's up to us to make sure that atmosphere in our home and the decisions that we're making is the right atmosphere and environment that these seeds that are placed in our kids, we don't just look at that as like, well, you know, they're just a kid. They're not a kid. And that's why I quit, uh, I quit using uh, the phrase, uh, our future church. They are our church. What they do over here on Sunday night is not babysitting. So we can have an hour to go drink coffee. God is reaching inside of their lives and he's putting seeds in their lives that in the next generations, yeah, they are our church. Maybe they're not in, in positions and things such as this yet, but God is putting in them a seed to serve. He's putting the seed on the inside of them. Some of them are going to be preachers. Some of them are going to be leaders. They already are leaders, some of them. Some of them are going to be workers in, in, in the nurseries. They're, they could be our elders. They could, there's so many things that God could be placing on the inside of them. So it's up to us 
Not to have preconceived ideas of what that is, but to nurture the seed that God put on the inside of them. Ephesians 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Can I get an amen from the parents? Honor thy father and mother. Get this, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we see a whole, a whole group of scriptures here that covers what mom and dads are to do and covers a whole lot about what kids are to do. Now there's two words here in verse 4 about nurture and admonition. And I talked about nurturing the seed. <clears throat> And the, there's a lot of synonyms here, uh, advance, to cultivate, to encourage, and foster, to nourish, to further. But this is the one that really God, it just stuck out to me, was the word incubate. Um, and when, but before we go any further there, the word admonition really means or it means, I can't pronounce the Greek words, but it defines out to calling attention to or to rebuke. Now, I know when parents, when we hear the word rebuke, we think something very harshly, you know, really bringing the hammer down, the iron fist. But really, the word rebuke actually means, go look it up for yourself and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. Because if, if I'm wrong, I, I want to be right. <laughs> Mildly correcting. You know, a lot of these words that we use, we need to really look up what they mean. Don't assume you know what they mean. When you're reading the Word of God, don't assume you know. Study it out. But the word nurture, and one of the synonyms was this, was to incubate. When we think about incubating, we think about, you know, I don't, I don't know why I do. I think about a chicken egg that you, you know, they say, put it under your armpit or, you know, keep it all nice and warm so it'll hatch, right? But the word incubate actually meant to maintain under conditions favorable for development. I'll say that again. To maintain under conditions favorable for development. And as parents, you know, correction should not be in the attitude of provoking. Because the word provoke means to drive into anger or rage. Now I understand that there may be some decisions that you've got to make that are not popular. Okay? This is not about doing everything that, you, that they want to do. And, but this is the deal. I, and I understand small kids, they need to hear just because I said so. Because if they're about to run out into the street, it's not time for a lesson. They just need to know, stop. Because I knew, now Brett, I don't know about your dad, but I knew about my dad. When my dad said stop and I didn't stop, there was gonna, something going to happen that was not going to be pleasant. Am I anywhere close, Mike? <laughs> so I knew when my dad said stop, I knew to stop. And that, that's certainly a good thing. But your kids get to an age that we need to give them a little bit more credit. 
And especially, you know, 13, 14, and you're thinking, you know, because sometimes even with Ellie, I know my older two, I, I need to, I have to, sometimes I have to, and they have to remind me, I don't live at home anymore, Dad. But now, Ellie, sometimes I just want to say, stop it right now. But sometimes it's good to go ahead and give an explanation of why they don't need to do that and, and not provoke them to anger. Because there's nothing, I remember as a young kid, there wasn't nothing that I couldn't stand worse is when I was 14, 15, 16, 16 years old, and my dad to say, you just do it because I said so. Now, certainly he's the boss. There ain't no doubt about that. But you know, there's sometimes when you can explain why I don't need to be doing these things, that's going to help me give a greater understanding. So us as parents, it's especially when they come back from camp, we don't need to be doing things that's going to drive them to anger or rage and make them feel like what I, you know, because this is where kids go. Bad things happen, and well, apparently what I got from camp didn't mean anything. Because, you know, the enemy is coming after the word, right? He will use anything to deflate that balloon. He'll use anything. Well, I come back home, you know, this and that. And it, and it may not even be a big deal, but the devil will say, that he'll say things like, see, see, things aren't different. And that's why I pulled my daughter to the side yesterday and I said, hey, look, don't let anything rob you, anything rob you of what you got at camp. Protect it. Like it's a valuable seed, like an egg that, I mean, you know, you know an egg, if you drop it, sometimes even if you just barely touch it, it seems like it cracks. And that's why we need to do when, when God puts something on the inside of us, we need to protect that like it's fragile. This is precious. I am not going to let anything get to this. I'm not going to let the way I feel today get to this. I'm not going to let maybe an atmosphere and environment in my home get to this. I'm going to protect this. I'm not going to let when I go to school do let that anything that happens inside of school get to this seed. I'm going to protect it. And I'm not just going to protect it so nobody breaks it. I'm going to make sure it's in the environment so that it can grow and so that it can mature. And that's why I'm going to go to youth class every Sunday night because I want to get in the right environment so this seed can grow. I want to go to camp so the seed can grow. But mom and dad, I want you to understand this, that when they get home, it's okay to make mistakes. But in, I'm not trying to get down on anyone at all. I just want you to see when you come to that realization, it's time to put your pride down and say, well, wait a minute. I want this home to be in an atmosphere, an environment for whatever was placed on the inside of her, what's placed on the inside of me, what's placed on the inside of my wife, and I want to protect this seed by putting it in the right atmosphere and in the right environment. Because we have to remember God doesn't give us these things like don't watch bad shows, don't listen to that kind of music, don't do those things because he's trying to rob you from having a good time. He is trying to make sure you stay in the right environment that all the seeds and the word that got put on the inside of you is protected and comes to full fruition. God is not trying to keep you from having a bad time. He is trying to get good times in your life. So us, as parents, we need to protect that environment. 
We hear so much through teaching that we need to shift the atmosphere. Anybody remember that? Shift the atmosphere by turning on worship and do our best to create that environment to nurture that seed. And that means this, turning off that show that's vulgar, turning, turning off that music that's not glorifying God, as my wife calls it, cussing country. <laughs> oh, you did too. <laughs> the vile, hey, listen, I'm saying, does that rob you of your salvation? I'm not saying that at all, but I will say this it could hinder your growth. Yes, that's right. Do you want to grow? Yeah. I want to grow. This is what we're talking about here today. I'm not talking about just a list of right and wrongs so, you know, you don't go to hell. I'm talking about living in the, in the fullness of what the, what the Word of God, this Word right here, says I can live in. And I want to protect that at all costs. I talked about that last week about the guy that got stoned for picking up sticks on the Sabbath. I thought, my goodness. He, he could have just been picking up sticks for whatever reason to click them together. But God told Moses, take him out and stone him. And he did that because there was a seed inside that Sabbath rest that was a life arrest for you and me, and it was going to be protected at all cost. That kind of attitude is the way that we need to guard the seeds that are put inside of our life. Through the word of God. And I'm kid, young kids, campers, I'm still talking to you. What got put on the inside of you, you need to guard it with everything that's on the inside of you. It needs to be that forceful. I'm going to kill off anything that's going to get in the way of this seed producing in my life. And us as parents, we need to do our best to produce that atmosphere. We need to let God, let me say that, let me say that a little bit more excellence. We need to let God form us. As individuals so that we will say, God, I don't want to have, oh, here goes back to this. I don't want to have any preconceived ideas of what that looks like. I want you to form me as a parent that when my kids are at home, that there's an atmosphere, God, that the word of God that's put on the inside of them can come to full maturity. Not just in my life for theirs too. Now I'm going to switch gears to the youth. How do I protect that seed that was put on the inside of me? Well, I want to show you this. I'm, I'm saying this because this reason here. Mom and dad's not perfect. Okay? Or maybe you are in a situation that is tough at home. Maybe you don't have any say-so. And this is what the Lord brought to me. How do I protect the word that was sown in me without being disrespectful or being dishonoring. That's, because that's tough to tell these kids. I'm just using this as an example. You need to be at church. But they got parents that don't promote them coming. That don't help them get here. Well, if you get here, it'll just, you know, we'll, we'll, we might drop you off if we got time today. And they want to be here so bad they can't stand it. Well, first of all, I want to say call the church. We'll get you a ride. That's what we got vans for. And we got people that want to do it. They've signed up to do it. They're on call every week to do it. But I'm just using that as an example. And how do I protect the word that was sown in me without being disrespectful or dishonoring? Because the same word that was sown also said, honor your father and mother. 
How do I honor them? How do I respect them and yet guard the seed that's on the inside of me? Because it doesn't say anything about whether they deserve it or not. It just said honor them. And because I know that whenever you're in places where God is just like camp, uh, I was there on, on the night services. I was there Tuesday. I, had, I was going to plan on being there Thursday, but something happened. I, was, I wasn't able to make it. Um, I didn't have to ask if they were receiving anything from God. Didn't have to ask at all. I could see it. They were receiving. I got, the, I got the privilege of getting to speak to them on Wednesday morning. And man, you talking about a freedom to minister. Like I have not felt in a long time. Brett, I could have went all day and been just fine. I don't think their backsides could have endured what all the time on things that was coming in my mind. But there was a freedom there to speak. So I didn't have to ask. What, what that, you can tell. As a minister, you can tell when you're talking to a crowd, uh, whether that's, uh, I'm not saying you're not fer- people are not fertile ground. I'm just saying sometimes it's easier to sow. Can I say that? It's easier to sow. And that's the way it was there. So I didn't have to ask whether they were receiving anything or not. But I thought to myself, God, yesterday and all, all day long and yesterday afternoon, is like, God, I want them to help them to see that they don't have to let situations that are beyond their control hinder them from letting that seed mature and grow, even if they're in situations that are not good. And God hit me with this thought. What if God placed something in them and they may add, somebody may be here, some uh, camper, say camper, they're not campers this week, youth, young adult, what if God placed something in me that I know that my mom and dad is not going to like? What if... What if God puts something on the inside of me that I don't want to do anymore because it keeps me out of church? I don't want to do it anymore. Because I'm going to tell you, parents are really bad, especially nowadays, are really bad. And I'm treading lightly as I can tread here. They're really bad about living vicariously through their kids. The disappointments the failures, and they, they want to see their kids excel and get to those places. Nothing wrong with that. I know that people can serve God through sports. I get, I get all that. But what if God puts something on the inside of them to consecrate their self to serving and not missing church, not missing youth group? I, hey, I can feel the heat right now. Well, here's the thing. Because sometimes God calls you to do things that's not going to be popular. Okay? And not everybody's going to like it. Maybe some of it may even be your family. And how do I follow through with that without dishonoring them? That's a tough question, isn't it? For a, for a young mind, that's a tough question. And this is, there was two things that God gave me. It's okay, I want, you, I want you to write this down. It's okay to make sure it was God. It's okay to make sure it was God. 
uh, God doesn't work on time the way we work on time. He's got all of eternity. Okay? So it's okay to take some time to, number one, make sure that was God. In 1 Samuel 3, Samuel was just a young boy. And God kept calling to him. He didn't know it. But he kept going to Eli. And Eli, full of wisdom, said, that's God because he keeps calling to him. How do I know it was God? He'll keep, call- He'll keep bringing it to you. He'll keep bringing it to you. This, that passage and that thought there has been a great help to me personally. Not that you are trying to drag your feet, but it's okay to take some time and make sure that that was God. And if it is God, and you've took some time, and if, it, and if it is God, and you feel like it may cause some issues, what do you do? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. And like I said, I'm treading very lightly because, you know, I say this about when we talk about um, homosexuality or all this stuff that goes on in people's lives. I've never been really interested in governing what people do behind closed doors. I'm just not interested in that. That's between them and God. Uh, so I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm just trying to follow what the Holy Spirit kind of, get, not kind of, gave me today. And I'm trying to tread as lightly as I can because I realize some of this isn't any of my business. But when there are people here that they've already got questions in their mind and they've been asking God, that's really what a lot of preaching is, is confirmation of what they're already hearing. Hebrews 1 and 13, it says this, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool? He's speaking of angels here. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? And a young person, I want you to understand this. Did you know that through this passage here that God has assigned you angels or ministering spirits that you can send out to minister for you? That's, that's some good news to me. You know what lets me know? It lets me know this. I ain't got to change the situation. All I've got to do is say, go. God, you put this on my heart. You, you keep bringing this back to me. I don't want to dishonor my mom and dad. I want them to see what I'm seeing, so I'm asking you to go and influence them. They can't make people do things, but they can influence people. And you got the power to do that. And God's not going to come down to you and say, if you ain't got it done by October the 10th, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to breathe down hellfire and brimstone on you. God's got time. God's got time. So send out those ministering spirits on your behalf that God assigned to you to use. He assigned them. Romans 4 and 17, the Bible says this, God called those those things that were not as though they were. I had somebody that kind of challenged me on this uh, a while back. He said, yeah, that was God that called things that are not as though they were. I said, well, in 1 John, he says, as he is, so am I in this world. I'm not trying to just work up a formula here. I'm saying, as he is, so am I. So if God is calling those things that are not as though they were, and I've got a deep desire that God put on the inside of me, I can say, minister spirits, you go out and influence them, and i call this thing done because I want to operate in what you've called me to do. 
And I know this, that's, a tough, that's a tough part right there, but there's sometimes, or there's a lot of times, that, um, that God is just wanting to do things, and we got to quit pretending that just because people are young doesn't mean that God's you know, just kind of vested in them. God wants to fully vest in them. I got friends of mine that were preaching revivals before they were 16. One of them in particular was a dynamite basketball player. Man, he could play, he could shoot. He was great. And he walked in one day, handed his jersey to the coach, and he said, I'm not playing no more. And he said, God's called me into the ministry, and he told me to consecrate myself to the ministry, and that's what I plan to do. And when he told me that story, I thought, yeah, but you can serve God and play ball. But you know what? In his life, God had told him what to do. And just because he was young didn't mean that God wasn't talking to him any less than he would talk to somebody of my age. And like I said, I know all this ain't none of my business. And I'm not trying to get in nobody's business. And I'm not trying to tell people what to do and anything. But all I can do is sometimes we just got to preach these things because God's confirming in them. But there's a way to go about it without dishonoring your mother and dad. Disrespecting them and giving it time. So that's really what I have for today is bringing that word. I know this wasn't one of those that uh, will get you a revival booked. (laughs) But the word that goes out needs to be this. We need to protect that seed and nurture that seed. And there's a way to go about it that's right. You know what? There's a way to go about it that's right. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I feel that we've delivered everything, God, that you wanted us to say today. Father, first of all, I want to pray, God, if there are if there are situations, Lord, where Lord, you're just going to work. You're going to work. They don't have to have the answer right now. They don't have to have the answer today. God, you placed inside of them this week what you want them to do. And Father, we're just going to send out ministering spirits to influence those. God, to help them see, God, the ministry in their life. And that we would all, all across the board in here today, whether we were at camp or not at camp, because there's probably, God, there's probably uh, young adults in here today that didn't go to camp. But you're still working on them. You've still been moving in their life and moving in their heart. And God, you place some heavy things on them. Not heavy as in for burdensome, Father, but whenever they step out, it may go against the grain. But Father, you can begin to prepare the way for them. You can begin to prepare the way for them. And us as parents, Father, that you would begin, we would allow ourselves to be formable. That we as parents would understand we don't have to be right all the time. And that we would be listeners. And that we would listen and hear. And God let you work in us and form us. God, that when we hear these things, that God, instead of being offended, will do our best to nurture that seed 
And so, Father, I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit's doing his work in these two categories, Lord, that were presented here this morning. And God, this is all for the furthering of your kingdom. This is all to glorify you. This is all about the people that need to be touched and ministered to and, 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 and evan- the world that needs to be evangelized. God, this is all for your glory. So begin to form our hearts, God. Show us in the areas, God, at home where we as parents are needing to say, hey, let's turn that off. Let's don't listen to that anymore. Let's don't do that. Let's don't do this. Let's don't say this no more. Let's, God, let us be formable. Not going home and trying to rack our brain and think about what we need to get rid of, but as you bring it to us, God, we're going to do what your word says to do. Your word, you're still talking to people, God. And us as children, God, that you placed inside, Father, let them do everything that they have to do to protect that seed with vigor and, God, with, with stamina and that they're not going to let anything rob that seed, rob them of that seed because the enemy's going to come in and he's going to do his best to steal that seed. But, Father, right now we're going to be like Shama. We're going to stand in our pea patch and we're going to say, you ain't taking my pea patch. Not this time. You're going to have to move on and we're going to fight for what's been given to us. And we're going to fight in a state of rest because you've already provided it for us, God. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You can be dismissed.